0: Welcome to the Cinema Men Podcast. I'm your host, John Murphy, and I'm joined by my co-host,
1: Matt Hurdle. This is Matt Hurdle of Tower. Matt Hurdle of Tower. Uh, This is Tower. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, This
0: is Matt requesting a flyby. Uh, Repeat, requesting a flyby. Over. Uh, Negative. The pattern is full. The pattern is full. candy a yam, you two-faced spit liquor. Um, <laughs> what, what, what was that? I said, go candy a yam, you two-faced spit liquor. You lit liquor.
2: <laughs> to throw back that commercial for anyone who remembers it.
0: On tonight's episode, we are reviewing the 1986 action film Top Gun, starring Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis, directed by Tony Scott. This is a spoiler podcast, so if you've never seen the movie and you don't want to be spoiled, pause this episode, go watch the movie, then come back. Stay tuned until the end of the episode where we reveal what our next movie will be so you can follow along with us. If you want to get in touch with us or give us your take on a movie, email us at feedback at cinemamenpodcast.com or check us out on Twitter at twitter.com slash pod. I think we've got, do we still have that giveaway going, Matt? We do. Uh, We still have a giveaway going. We should be getting near to the end
2: of it about the time this podcast comes out. So we'll probably stop doing announcements after this podcast. Um, For those of you who aren't aware, we are currently giving away a Rocky Blu-ray movie set. It covers all of the movies from Rocky One through Rocky Balboa uh, on Blu-ray, 1080p, not uh, not 4K, unfortunately. Uh, But it's free to you, and all you have to do to enter that contest is to get onto our Twitter. You will find a pinned to tweet there. Uh, retweet that tweet and give us a follow and you'll be entered in. Uh, we will be releasing the uh, winner for that soon and we will contact you via Twitter. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Um, we'll probably, as of this podcast airing, we will close the entries and uh, we will announce the winner uh, in our next Cinemini. How about that? Sounds good. Oh well, no. Actually, no. We can't do that because we record these back to back. Our next, we will announce the winner on our next movie review. There we go. There we go. Sounds good. Hopefully, somebody's not listening and decided to stop right when we said that because it's going to
0: be the movie (laughs) review, not the cinemini. That's right. We've got a few uh, uh, entries, and uh, hopefully, uh, we'll get a few more. Make it interesting. If you would like to support us monetarily and have the means to do so, you can go to anchor.fm slash podcast slash support. We use the money to improve the quality of the podcast. So in advance, thank you very much. And we can do more giveaways if we get more support. One thing I do want to add, um, because of the delay
2: between us recording these podcasts and when they are released, Uh, The announcement will be made uh, instead of on the episode officially, it will have to be made via Twitter and our social media channels. Um, This is because we want to close the contest after this episode airs officially as a podcast. We'll record the next episode before that happens. So, uh, again, sorry for the confusion, but we will let you know if you win, I promise. Yeah. And we
0: will announce it on the podcast at some point. But it will probably be way after it's over due to our scheduling. If you like video, we offer that, too. We are live right now and you can go to YouTube dot com and search for the Cinema Men podcast. We go live every other Tuesday at 830 p.m. Central Time. But the easiest way to track all that is to subscribe to our channel. And we'd really appreciate it. And one more thing. We, as Matt mentioned, we have a short form series that we release uh, every other week called The Cineminis, and it's a 30 minute or less uh, episode where we talk about random stuff, usually movie stuff. Uh, We just released one where we talk about our first movie going experiences. So check that out if you if you'd like. All right, let's get started with this movie, Top Gun.
1: send you up against the best. Yes, sir, you two characters are going to Top Gun.
2: I feel the need. The need for speed. In five
1: weeks, you're going to fly against the best fighter pilots in the world. You guys really are cowboys.
0: I don't like you because you're unsafe. That's right. I am dangerous. The wild card flies by the seat of his pants. I guess when I see something, I go right after it. It takes a lot more than just fancy flying.
1: in this school is about combat.
2: I feel the no need, John. The
0: need for... The need to review this movie. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> All right. The plot, plot synopsis from imdb.com. Give us that plot synopsis. Plop, <laughs> I'll plop it down on you. <laughs> As students at the United States Navy's elite fighter weapons school compete to be the best in the class, one daring young pilot learns a few things from a civilian instructor that are not taught in the classroom. Brown chicken. That's a. uh that's it a,
1: sounds kind of like a porn using <laughs>
2: summary, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a little hard to follow too. It's a little uh,
0: suggestive.
2: Yeah, not the best, not the best synopsis. I mean, I guess it gets to the point, but
0: I I don't I don't like it. I think uh, last time we did a breakdown of categories instead of doing our hot takes and all that. I think that worked out pretty well. What do you think?
2: I agree. Uh, I like it. It it gets us talking more. And
0: uh, that's less boring for everybody, I think. So So let's do it. We're going to do it again. Uh, so, the categories that we kind of broken broke the movie down into are the ones that make the most sense. So, we have acting, plot, art direction, and cinematography, visual effects, score, and then action, because this is an action movie. And then, anything that doesn't make sense under those categories, we label miscellaneous. So, acting. Was this Oscar award-winning acting? You know... It was not.
2: How dare Uh, you? In general, uh, I'm going to say that the acting was good. Um, I say this a lot. It seems like it wasn't outstanding, but it was good. Uh, There were a few areas, I think, where the acting was just bad. But those were usually limited to short scenes or, or line deliveries in one place or another. And it wasn't so bad that I want to say that the acting was bad or even average, because it was it was good for the most part. Hmm. Um, hmm. The, the in my opinion, the, the actor that I had the most issue with in this movie was none other than the great Tom Cruise himself.
1: Hmm.
2: Hmm. Um, he had a few scenes in particular that seemed really forced to me. Uh, the the most blurring one I can think of is the scene where he is with Goose and Charlie and um, uh, Carol, sorry, and their child in a diner. And they're just kind of hanging out and having fun. And Goose is playing Great Balls of Fire on the piano. It's a very famous scene. Sure. Um, and thankfully, Meg Ryan and um, Goose are there. I'm struggling to recall the actor who's playing Goose. Help me, please. Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards and Meg Ryan are there because they save that scene. Uh, Kelly McGinnis helps as well. Tom Cruise, not so great. He he goes up and he's like, excuse excuse me, I'm going to go embarrass myself with Goose. And he walks up to the piano and it's awkward. Like he's trying to sing and he's trying to be happy and he's like messing with the kid and kind of tugging on his leg. And it just looks so forced and fake to me. That I, I struggled with it. Would you say um, he embarrassed himself? Yeah, but in a more <laughs> meta sense than I think he meant to. You know, I came to a conclusion in this film in particular, uh, because I can't say this across the board, but in this movie, Tom Cruise really excels at the dramatic, the serious, and the action side of this movie, which thankfully is most of it. Uh, he falls flat when it comes to being endearing or um joyous or, or frivolous, however you want to say it. He he falls flat in every one of those scenes to me, uh with the exception of the end scene where he's, you know, just hugging people and being well happy. He did fine there. Um it's kind of interesting. Uh I, I've never noticed that before until this watch through. Hmm. Uh, aside from that, though, um yeah, I thought everybody else did great. Uh Val Kilmer was amazing as Iceman. Kelly McGinnis was great as Charlie. Anthony Edwards is Goose. Great.
0: I didn't feel that way about Tom Cruise. Um, I think he was—he definitely looked like he was novice because this is like his eighth movie ever. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks young, like he—he he looks inexperienced. The reason you go to see Top Gun is for Tom Cruise and. I think he does pull off that draw like he's I mean, he's attractive. What can I say? Uh, He's attractive. He's charismatic. A little stalkery um, when it's viewed through the 2021 lens. Um, (laughs) So so give me an example. Like, how did
2: how did he feel stalkery? I agree with you, but I'd like to hear how you think he
0: was. Just how he initially approached uh, Charlie, who is Kelly McGillis's character um he basically didn't back down he went into the women's bathroom and uh started talking to her after she blew him off um he was very f- forceful now <clears throat> knowing having watched this movie before i know that her character is not she's a more strong female character she has a a position in the military so she probably knows how to handle guys like that. Um but from the initial scenes, you have no idea who she is. And it really it really comes off uh off putting. But it was the eighties. I mean that's just kinda how movies were made back back then. It that no, it was not given a second thought about those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah I can see that. He uh he's got a couple looks too he gives at different points that uh
2: Just don't sit right.
0: A
1: little uh,
2: little,
0: little creep on them. Tom Cruise's smile is divisive at best. Like sometimes it's portrayed as just a normal smile. And then sometimes it's crazy. It's a crazy smile, sort of like a Jack Nicholson kind of thing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, The rest, I agree with you. The rest of the cast was pretty good. Um, Val Kilmer, he wasn't really in the movie a whole lot, um Mm-mm. compared to like Kelly McGillis or even Tom Skerritt. Uh and uh, but the rest the rest did good. Michael Ironside was awesome. James Tolkien, who played Stinger. Mm. He he was in Back to the Future. He is an actor, a character actor that doesn't get a lot of credit. Um, but he's been in a lot of things. He's actually been <laughs> He was in another movie we watched. I can't remember what it is at the moment, but we recently watched a movie for the Cinema Men podcast and he was in it. Uh, Anthony Edwards brings a lot of humor and comedy to the film, and I think that's a good thing um, if it in a wasn't. Lot of ways, for- and I'm going to go with you here. I, th- I think in a
2: lot of ways, Anthony Edwards saved a lot of this film.
0: The movie would be much more stuffy. Uh, if he wasn't in it, for sure. I do agree with that. Uh, Kelly McGillis, I thought she did good. She played a good, um, strong female lead. Um, She wasn't going to take any of Tom Cruise's crap, at least at first. And the Mm -hmm. tension, that's what I wanted to bring up. The tension between Tom Cruise and McGillis was intense. (laughs) Like this whole like cat and mouse game that they kept playing. It was almost as tense as the action and from my perspective. Um, Do uh, let me ask you the,
2: the question that everyone's wondering right now? OK. Do you think they did it? Totes. You think so? They I totes, can see it. They totes did it. <laughs> uh, they might not have, though, and just really wanted to, because you're right. That tension was thick.
1: Yeah.
0: So they, they definitely did that well.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So acting, I think we would say fair to Midland, decent, not exceptional. Yeah. But it's not that uh, I mentioned I wanted to mention this, too, but this is not the kind of movie where acting is necessarily a requisite or great acting is a requisite. Yeah, for sure. And th- this is one of those movies, too,
2: where it's kind of confusing, you know, it, this movie falls somewhere in between a drama and an action flick. And it's kind of hard to separate those two genres in this circumstance. Mm-hmm. You know, the best parts are all action, but there's there's
0: no shortage of drama. They, I like how they did that. Um, it wasn't just all dogfighting and military stuff. There was that side element of this romantic angle or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that I like that about it. And that brings us, I guess, to the plot. So the, the plot is fairly thin. I mean, there's there's not a lot of twists or turns in it. It's kind of like um, a thin red line. Yeah.
2: Different movie, though. I'll tell uh, you this much. Yeah. This movie features a few good men. <laughs> I have a cocktail. I, I got nothing. <laughs> While you're reading your minority report. Sorry.
0: <laughs> I know Tom Cruise is in a thin red line. I know that. I yeah. just wanted to throw it out there. So we have a guy who wants to be the best airman ever. Like no one ever was. Yep. He joins us top notch flight school that only trains the best, the top 1%. Um, the best of the best. The best of the best. They mentioned that many times. They must love that movie. Uh, he has an issue in his past. He falls in love with a girl. He overcomes another issue that happens in the present day. And the only twist, really, I guess, is that he didn't win the day like he wasn't he didn't win. He wasn't the top in his class. Let me let me ask you a question. Yeah. You say he came in and he had an issue in his past.
2: Correct. I. I missed that. Apparently, what what was this issue? Like, I knew he there was some controversy around his father and mm-hmm. who his father was and what happened there. But I didn't mm-hmm. catch any issues that he had personally, other than he was known as being a, well, maverick.
0: Uh, well, that was the issue, I guess, is that he was Oh, OK. Goose mentions, you know, he's like, you're you're always trying to. Str- you're always struggling with this because of what happened to your dad. And presumably that's the reason he is so gung ho and wants to be the best because his dad was one of the best. But there was a rumor that he messed up his last mission Mm -hmm. or he screwed up and that was his last uh, that his like sign off. You know, I messed up and yeah, basically he went off flying
2: and disappeared. And what happened was classified, yeah. but yeah, the rumor was that he screwed up, but nobody knows for sure, including Maverick, his own son.
1: Yeah,
0: and that, I mean, so that's the overall plot. Um, really, where you get into the the meat and potatoes is with the action and and Tom Cruise and all the all that stuff. But what do you think of the plot? Do you think it was decent?
2: Um. So. I agree with you in that the plot was kind of thin. However, I have to give this movie some points because if you think back to famous military films, um, especially films around the 80s and 90s. Those those films all kind of revolve around a specific occurrence. Right. Now, that occurrence might be as broad as an entire war, um, as limited as a battle. Or a uh, a famous occurrence that happened at some point that, you know, people heard about on the news and they're exploring things like that, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, in this case, that's not really what's going on. Uh, the, The vast majority of this is just pilots training in a school. I think that's an interesting way to take this. You know, it's an action movie, but you also have to consider this a military movie because it's all in fighter planes for the Air Force. Right. Right. So I, I want to give the, the film some points for making such an interesting and uh, exciting and fun to watch movie out of really what's kind of a mundane thing. Flight school for really good pilots. Yeah. Now, there's a little bit of conflict in there. Um, you've got at the beginning of the movie and at the end of the movie, there's a conflict with it's Russia, I believe. Right. I don't think they ever really say
0: it. they always call them the enemy.
1: Yeah,
2: I I mean, so they kind of leave who it's with to assumptions. I think everyone assumes it's Russia. Um, We know that they're flying these MiG planes, but um, we don't necessarily know exactly who the country is. So there's a little conflict, but uh, for the most part, not really. It's just pilots competing against each other.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. I I put a lot of that type of stuff actually in the other categories because it was more centered around the art direction, the setting, the set design and all that stuff. But I agree with you that that was a it's an interesting setting uh, and an interesting way to take a movie of that nature. And they do kind of frame it around. I don't know if the if Top Gun is even real, uh, but they. They open the movie with this paragraph that talks about um, airmen in the 1960s, and then they formed this Top Gun school. Um, and that's kind of where, well, that is where the entire movie takes place is at this Top Gun flight school. Yeah, with, with the exception of the beginning and the end, it's all there. Yeah. Um, so
2: another thing about the, the plot I okay. wanted to discuss with you, uh, that's the romance between Maverick and Charlie.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, to me that whole thing felt a little weird to me and it wasn't just Tom Cruise being creepy right it just felt like there wasn't a lot of build up to the relationship you know it was you know he sees her at a bar he does the goofy you've lost that love and feeling with Goose and he yeah. you know talks to her finds out he's an instructor or she's an instructor and then uh, convinces her to go on a date with him and they go on a date and then they're in love. Yep. You know, it was kind of like, hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It just went it went a little too quick for me. It, it it didn't feel natural, I guess.
0: Yeah, usually so love at first sight is not a uncommon thing in movies, especially in the eighties and nineties. Um, but what they did with this movie is they acted like they the you know she did not want to be with him and she was uh playing hard to get i guess um and he was being creepy and then sh- you find out that she's part of the military and then she finds out that he did the 4G rev- upside down maneuver uh <laughs> with the mig plane uh so now she's now she's really interested in him because because of that i guess uh And yeah, I think I think it does go a little quickly for for that kind of approach. Like if if immediately they were both simpatico and they both wanted to be with each other. That's more of like a movie, a movie love magic kind of thing. Uh, Simpatico. Yeah. All right. There you go. Um, But they played it as if it was like a hard to get a cat and mouse game, but it was really too quick for them to to find that
1: Mm because they
0: weren't around each other hardly or at least maybe
1: maybe
2: that was a lot of it like you just they just don't have a lot of screen time together and then all of a sudden they love each other
1: yeah
0: and then you've got uh tom cruise you know she says meet me at this house at 4 30 he goes and plays beach volleyball with his buddies in his jeans And then he immediately goes to her house and he's sweating all over the place. And he's like, Mm -hmm. can I take a shower? And she says no. No.
1: (laughs) Makes him sit through dinner all nasty. Yeah. But then. So I think that was the point
0: where he was like, he was all anxious. He was wanting to be with her. They talk for a little bit. And then he's like, I got to take a shower and he leaves. Yeah. You think he's going to go use her shower, but no, he just gets on his bike and goes. You're like, that's this kind of tension that I'm talking about is like you would, you have expectations because you've seen movies before and they completely subvert the expectations. uh, Mm -hmm. And he, they draw out this interaction, which I, it was good. It was just a little like,
1: this makes no sense a little bit i want to talk about the death of goose well because i feel like
2: that was i feel like that was handled a little bit awkwardly okay um so first of all i don't remember them ever actually explaining
0: the cause of goose's death do they do that in the movie and i just missed it no i think the assumption okay. is that he He was shot out of his plane so fast that he broke his neck or something, but he was also bleeding. So maybe he he was ejected into the
2: canopy. And that's what killed him, right? Yeah. But the movie never actually tells you that. So if you're not watching, it's a little confusing. And, And in fact, I remember watching this when I was younger and not understanding that at all. Because you see both of them eject. And then you see both of them parachute down. And then it's just like Goose's bleeding and dying and Tom Cruise is fine. And I remember as a kid watching this, not not understanding what the heck happened. And then the movie never told me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now I'm older. It's easier to figure that out. Yeah. But if you're not paying a lot of attention,
0: it's a little confusing. And I I don't want to bleed into uh, the next category, but a lot of the aerial stuff in general is very confusing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, just because of the speed and the Similarities between the planes and and all that stuff and the weird wonky camera stuff, uh, but yeah, I I could see that. That was always a it was a disturbing scene for me when I was watch when I watched it as a kid, because uh, that kind of real death is not something I watched a whole lot. Like I watched a lot of mm-hmm. gruesome rated R stuff, but it wasn't. It was all. Fantastical. Cool. So Top Gun was that you know, that could actually happen. And it has actually happened, I guess.
2: Uh, also related to Goose's death, um, the scene where he goes and visits Carol with the box of things, I guess, to return to her. Mm-hmm. I found that as an adult, a little underwhelming. And now I have to say, I've probably seen this movie two three dozen times in my life. So it's going to lose some effect with that kind of repetition.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, however, it was, I don't know, it was a little odd. Like he, he just, he walks into this room where she's just sitting there with the sun. Uh, she says, you know, he'd, uh, he'd have flown if you weren't there, but he'd have hated it. They both look kind of misty. They hug and he leaves. And I, I don't know. I, I felt like the whole death of Goose was missing something and I don't know what it was, okay. but it, it it may, it's maybe it was just all so fast, but something was missing. Like I didn't, I didn't feel that emotional gut punch. That is so,
0: I guess what you would expect to feel in that situation. I, I sort of agree. Like I, I was a little emotional during it. Um, but I could have been more emotional, I guess. Um, The only thing I can think of is that the way they shot that, I couldn't tell where Tom Cruise was in relation to Meg Ryan until he ended up in the same scene with her. Mm -hmm. To me, it was like he was at his house and then they did a cut shot to Meg Ryan and the boy, and then they kept going back and forth. And that was a little confusing to me. Um. So maybe it was just the way they shot the, those scenes.
2: So one more thing regarding this topic. Uh, at the end of the film, Maverick looks at Goose's dog tags. And then he throws them into the ocean. Sure. Now, I get that that is symbolizing that he's moving on, that he's letting Goose go and he's moving forward with his life. But I'll be darned if that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Like, why would you do that? Is it just for the movie, do you think? Or was he really just
1: saying, you know what? I don't need you anymore, Goose. Go away. No, I I don't think that was it. I think it was just.
0: I I agree. I think you're right. It was a way to say. I'm I still am your friend. I still care about you. I still will remember you, But. If I hold on to your death and grieve, I won't ever be able to be a pilot. Yeah,
2: but I mean, I, I get that that's what they were saying. Yeah. I just I don't know that that seemed said a little weird with me. Yeah, it like, was Why not give them to Carol or the son so that they could have them. Yeah, no, I'm just going to throw them to the bottom of the ocean because he was my partner and I'm the only one who lets him go. i I don't know. I just didn't like that part. But I got you, what they were trying to say,
0: but I, I don't like the way they did it. Yeah. But you see, Matt, you get that cool silhouette of Tom Cruise on the boat throwing <laughs> the dog tag.
2: Now, you, you may be onto to something there. Uh, it <laughs> was a, a cool looking shot. But dang. Um, um, so I got one more thing on the plot and right. then I'll, I'll we can move on to the next topic. OK. But all the things that I've said so far about this plot, I think. I thought about them all and I think I realized what the problem is with this film in terms of the plot. And that is this film is trying to do way too much in a two hour time frame. Uh, I think they should have cut something and focused on other parts. So we got a more complete story instead of this wide, everything's happening kind of thing. Cause I mean, if you think about it, th- this film runs what one hour, 50 minutes, including credits. Mm-hmm. So in that time frame, which you take, what, five minutes off. So in that time frame, we're covering uh, Maverick's father's mystery, who he is and what happened in the past and, and what happened there. We've got this conflict with this other country, the enemy that's going on where we're at this, I guess, Cold War where they have faster planes, but we have better pilots kind of thing. We've got the whole top gun school going on where you've got this captain. Uh, I think he was a captain, wasn't Maverick a captain? But you've got this pilot, we'll say, yep. who's going into this best of the best school and competing, and he wants to be the best. But he's a rogue and he's an outlaw, and he's competing with the best. Um, you've got uh, Goose dying. You've got Maverick having to get over that death. Mm-hmm. You've got a romantic arc with Charlie, the instructor, which is awkward and forced. You've got a rivalry in Iceman. This competition between the two of them. And then finally, you've got him getting back into active duty, but freaking out and having to get his head back in the right place so that he can help out Iceman. Yeah. It's just too much. <laughs> and that's why everything feels rushed and a little off. I, I okay. think personally, they should have taken the whole romance with Charlie thing and just chucked it.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
2: I think this movie would have been a lot better without it. They could have focused on the rivalry, the action. Um, the character of Maverick could be more of a focal point. We, we don't need that romance in there. And, and I know it gives us take my breath away in one of the most parodied love scenes in film history. But yeah. I think it would be better without it. Mm. Um, the only other thing I could think of would be cutting out the entire military conflict outside of the school. Um, That would work, but that wouldn't, I don't know that would free up enough time because you're only talking about maybe 15 minutes with that, maybe 20. I'm not sure how long that ending sequence is, but
0: I would actually go another direction. I would take out, I would leave the romance because, as I said, I thought it was very tension filled. And while it started out a little weird, I thought it got to a point where it was entertaining. Um, I would take out the, father angle the entire one like you yeah could, that could go you could mention that he, his father was in the military okay i would take out um the military conflict i would take out um the iceman uh rivalry because oh, i wouldn't take that out that wasn't even a rivalry <laughs> i know but it's what made
2: the school engaging i think was the the two best competing? You know, Mister Iceman, who's the rules follower, by the book, perfect pilot, versus the the guy who just has a feel for it.
0: But know? they were they weren't competing. Iceman was the whole time. Iceman was like, "You need to do better, Maverick. Stop being, start following the rules. Stop being a jerk." And well, of then, course, I mean that's the conflict, right? And then it's, Maverick it's would the... do his own thing, and then Iceman would be like, "Dude, seriously." I'm gonna win. Maverick would would do his own thing, and he would do great.
2: And while while he might get a uh, a stern talking to when they talk about his flight, at the same time, everyone under their breath are are like, "Oh my gosh, this is one of the best pilots I've ever seen." It's it's the natural talent talent with a feel for what he's doing, versus the guy who is on the nose by the book, every rule never bends them. It's, you know, it's, it's Picard versus, uh, freaking Chatner.
0: Yeah. I guess, except it's a rival It's a rivalry in Maverick's head because it doesn't feel like Iceman is trying to, like, he's just doing his job (laughs) to me. Mm -hmm. The whole time I was like, is Iceman even originally when I watched this uh, as a kid, I was like, Iceman's a bad guy. Like he's supposed to be the, the bad guy, but he's not. He's just a really good pilot that follows the rules. And no. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. Th- this movie
2: doesn't have a bad guy.
1: Oh, it doesn't. Yeah,
2: you know, it, it does set up Iceman as the bad guy in a, in a rivalry format. Yeah. Right. But once Top Gun stops being an issue, the, the turning point is when Goose dies. So Iceman is the our main antagonist until Goose dies. When that happens, Man instantly becomes a good guy, which he has been this whole time. He's just been a rival. Yeah. But, you know, he goes up and he's like, I'm sorry about Goose Maverick. And then he walks off from this point to the end of the movie. The bad guy's Maverick. Maverick yeah. is the good guy and the bad guy. It's yeah. it's interesting like that. There's there's never a real bad guy.
0: Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> and uh as we mentioned already, they didn't ever say who the enemy was. And so that kind of in your mind, there is no enemy in that respect. Like, it's just a bunch of planes. Yeah.
2: Like I said, I just always assumed it was Russia, but
0: and it probably was. But I don't think they ever actually mentioned. I guess any.
2: would that be the Soviet Union at that
0: point? 86. That was Soviet Union, yeah. right? Yeah, the- yeah. OK, so plot like like acting good enough, I would say. Right. Art direction and cinematography. I think uh, this is really where the movie has some some merit. I think, uh, as I've mentioned before, all of those aerial shots of the planes. Uh, I can't think of I can't offhand think of another movie like this that looks as good or has that good a camera work uh the camera does these barrel rolls when the planes do barrel rolls uh it can be really difficult to know what's going on but one thing that the movie does is it has the pilots describe what they're doing um mm. and that is very 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 helpful uh but it also makes sense cuz that's what pilots would do anyway constant communication
2: you also you get a lot of head-on shots where you're in the mm. cockpit and you're looking at the pilots from the front of the airplane, and uh, uh, like a, a an airplane will or an airplane. Listen to me. I don't <laughs> know a jet, a fighter will like zoom past, and you'll see the guy in the back seat. He's like looking behind himself, trying to find out where he's gone, and trying to get a visual on him at all times. Yeah, um, it's cool. It's really cool. And uh, like you're saying, it it's got to be super hard to film a dog fight and make it competent to a viewer who's not versed in dog fights mm-hmm. or plain terminology or things like that. Oh yeah. They really, they really pulled it off, man. Like the man, the dog fight scenes
0: are so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I still don't know a lot of the terminology they used, but within the context, I, I got it. And for you, uh, for you live video list, uh, watchers, I guess Matt's background is perfect when he acts like he's looking behind himself uh to yeah, that was know. that that might have been intentional <laughs> <laughs> oh we got a, got a MIG Owner 6 uh yeah so camera work during the dogfights and during the uh on the hangar on the you know when they're taking off good stuff Mm -hmm. Everything on the ground is pretty standard camera work. I mean, there's nothing there that I can think of that there's some good. uh, There's some good shots of him on his motorcycle. Uh, Oh, yeah, those are great. Yeah.
2: And the uh, the only bad scene I can really think of in terms of cinematography, in my opinion, was at the end of the first date when he goes to take his shower. Mm -hmm. They're out on her porch and she's like laying down on a couch and they're listening to sitting on the dock of the bay Mm
1: -hmm.
2: by Otis Redding. Mm -hmm. And that shot is framed a little weird. Like you've got uh, Charlie laying down on the outside couch, just kind of looking at him and he's kind of in the foreground and it's just a little, I don't know, something about it. I didn't like, but every other shot is great. I, I have really nothing else bad to say about it.
0: That was actually what I took away from that one was she was ready to make a move. So she was looking all sexy on the couch. She had her shirt kind of unbuttoned, you know, Mm -hmm. but he, he heard that song. And so he's away from her and that song has a memory that's, I guess, I do his mom. Yeah. And so I don't know. I, it, it, the way they set it up made sense to me, but
2: I, I get that because, uh, I mean, he's kind of in the foreground. She's in the background. It's showing distance physically, yeah. you know, as well as is alluding to the, the distance that kind of just grew there in that song. But yeah. I don't know. I wish they could have done it better, like maybe with some camera panning or something, because I think that's a still shot for that scene. Yeah,
0: it is. <laughs>
2: uh, But I'm I'm not. I don't know, I mean, it wasn't bad. It just felt a little awkward to me. Enough that I noticed it, which is why I'm calling it out. Everything yeah. else I thought was amazing.
0: There's another well, amazing s- strong.
2: The the plane scenes were amazing. The yeah. rest of the groundwork was was okay.
0: I can't remember what's in the foreground, but there's a shot where it's uh setting sun. Do you remember that? It's really good. It's a really good shot. Um just because the sun looks so beautiful in the background, I, mean, I think
2: there were a couple of those, right? There, there was a motorcycle scene, I think, with the sunset. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I, nothing's coming to my mind. Yep. Um I debated trying to BS my way through that, Don, but I've decided <laughs> to come clean. I, I don't remember a sunset scene. I
1: gotcha.
0: that's all right. Uh, art direction is also really good. The attention to detail that they went to to. Depict the military from the planes to the the hangar to the everything. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was very good.
2: Well, I, I mean, I figure most of it was
0: authentic. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, sure, surely they were actually filming on aircraft carriers and on military bases and such.
0: Yeah,
1: for sure. <clears throat>
0: yeah. You could tell that those the people directing the planes, the, the pilots, everybody was was an actual person in that. Profession. I can't think of anything that just seemed out of place or inauthentic. Uh,
2: The only thing I can really think of, and we're getting into visual effects here, but these categories kind of blend anyway, Mm -hmm. is the scene where Charlie is reviewing Maverick's flight in front of the class. Yeah. And she's standing at the front of the class and they have some computer readouts with flight data on them and they look rough. (laughs) Now, This was 1986. Mm -hmm. So for 1986, it probably looked freaking like Star Trek. But coming back and looking at it now, I'm like, what is even on that screen? I just see a bunch of orange lines. So I want to point that out. Um, It may have been good then, but now not so much.
0: Well, that so we can go ahead and move into visual effects. But Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't tell. Was that authentic? I don't know. I have no idea. It might have been.
2: So I hesitate to hate on it too much. It's just, man, I don't see how they were able to see anything in that computer screen.
1: Yeah,
0: the one that the one that got me was it looked like a bunch of polygons, and it was in the upper right hand sc- screen. And mm-hmm. I was like, "Is that even real? Is that something that yes. they would?" that's that is exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Is that screen? Is that something they would read and be like, ah, oh, hmm?
1: I mean,
0: eighty six,
2: like eighty six, was not cutting edge technology. Computers were really just getting off the ground in eighty six. Yeah, I mean, you were still running the big old floppy disks and CRT monitors, monotone with maybe a few colors. Like, so <laughs> I, I guess maybe that that probably was. If you think military technology, probably
0: that's realistic. But I, I don't know. Yeah, hard to say. Uh, the other part that and then as far as actual special effects go, I mean that was a prob- if that might have been a computer effect, who knows, but then there were the uh times when they made the explosions uh from the missile shots, and those were edited a little uh I could tell I could see the seams. In those, well, they kind of had the Star Wars effect, right? Where yeah. you you see <laughs> you go in on the
2: plane and it's not really moving, and then it just explodes, yeah. and it's obviously a model that they blew up. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I it never bothered me.
0: Yeah, no, it it didn't take me out of the movie, but I did notice it, and it's clearly clear that they had a shot of a fake missile or something shooting out from on screen to off screen, and then they would switch back to this still shot of a model plane or something and then add an explosion effect. And mm-hmm. <laughs> it, uh, it was just funny more than anything.
2: I mean, I thought they, lo- I thought it looked awesome, but yeah. you're right. It, it, you know, you've got these jets like, and all of a sudden there's a shot of a jet like this and it just goes, you know, <laughs> you know. yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's 86. 86. You got to cut them a little slack and it's all practical. Yeah, so I always harp on too much CG, no CG, really, unless those computer graphics that were literally computer graphics. So I don't think that counts. No,
0: no I, I'm not complaining. I'd rather have this than a whole crap load of CG effects. It depends to me. It
2: depends on how good the CG effects are.
0: Yeah. Uh, another part of visual effects is costumes, I guess. I mean, that could go into art yeah. direction or... Either or. Not
2: really much to say there, right? They're, they're military uniforms. They were so you can't...
0: Yeah, I mean, you can't give
2: creative uh, props to anybody because they just used what was used, you know? Yeah. They what probably went to the military and were like, I need
0: one for Tom Cruise, please. <laughs> what about uh, playing beach volleyball in your jeans? I didn't play a lot of beach volleyball at military schools
2: in the 80s, so I... I can't speak to what the fashion was then but, <laughs> but you have you have worn tight fitting jeans before right uh, i mean i try not to
0: but <laughs> it happens from time to time so you, you understand the <laughs> limited mobility in a pair of tight fitting jeans uh indeed
2: yeah you're you're making a good point here <laughs> they uh, they should have cut them off man worn yeah. some of them uh, them tight cut right up to the that was the in balls right shorts that was the I, 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 don't, I don't know, but, you know, given some of the, the subtexts of this movies, depending on your uh, your take of it, it might have fit right in.
1: <laughs> Which we'll we'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to score.
0: Yep. So <clears throat> the score is really just a bunch of Kenny Loggins, Danger Zone and Take My Breath Away by Berlin. And a smattering of sit, uh, was it sitting on the dock, dock of the bay? Oh, no, no, dude, there's
2: lots of good songs in this. Lots. The Top Gun theme, you just, which, here, all right, here you go, here you go. I got you. Ready? You got Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins, the iconic, yeah. basically, theme of this film, even though the one it's not they really mel- the theme. molded
0: the entire score around, basically. You've got Take My Breath Away by Berlin, which you mentioned.
2: Great song. Uh, classic 80s song, amazing. You've got Playing with the Boys. Also by Kenny Loggins. Okay.
1: Oh, oh well. Yeah, that right,
2: during the volleyball scene. You've got Great Balls of Fire. Uh-huh. Granted, it's not the original artist recording, but it's still Great Balls of Fire. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Uh-huh. You've got you never close your eyes anymore when I kiss your lips. Okay.
1: You've lost that love and feeling, John. Yeah. You've got Sitting on Dark Little bay. It's loaded. The
0: soundtrack's loaded. Okay. Two of those you mentioned, as you mentioned, were not sung by the original artists. And Tom Cruise cannot sing a lick. And so when he's singing, you've lost that love of feeling. It is horrible. It's not even. This is also true. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to debate that. And Great Balls of Fire was not much better.
2: (laughs)
1: It's
0: a point. You've got a fair point there. But I don't. I'm not knocking the score because I love Danger Zone and I can listen to that over and over and over. And they play it over and over and over in this movie. They yeah, even yeah, they were proud of that one. They at one point they meld it into the score in an mm-hmm. interesting '80s synth manner.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Lots of that
0: interesting '80s synth. And yeah. Uh, and tra- take my breath away is good. Um, I just wanted it known that. Primarily, you had Danger Zone, and then you had the Top Gun theme, and then Take My Breath Away. And those were the three main kind of musical pieces. They're the,
2: they're the three iconic pieces. Yes. Yeah. Depending on, I guess, how you feel about the movie. Yeah. Because there are people who would say you've lost that love and feeling is as iconic as Danger Zone in this movie. I agree with you. Top Gun your theme. Choice. I'm just yeah. saying
0: there are some. Who who would argue that? Yeah. But the Top Gun theme, like it's one of those, you hear it, boom, Top Gun. Oh, it's a great theme. Yeah. Great, great theme. One of the best.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And you're right. I mean,
2: all I need to hear is that. Ta-na-na. And I don't even have to get that for it. I could just hear that boom. Yeah. Top Gun. We've mentioned the popular songs in the score. We have not mentioned the actual score of the score, and I think that's bad,
0: yeah, the top Gun theme is the only score score that there's there's other songs in there, yeah, that's what I'm saying, like I, yeah <laughs> they're not even worth mentioning really, because they've... they
2: their're eighties it's it's like this eighties like synth guitar kind of sound, and it's so cheesy, and honestly, I think you know, I mentioned not feeling that emotional gut punch when goose died. I think the score is partly responsible for that. Maybe in the eighties, that would have hit me, given me more feels, but in the nine, or I guess we're in the 2020s. Yeah. We're in 2021. (laughs) um, Maybe back to the future is coming up on the list, but anyway, now it's just cheesy and bad. Mm -hmm. And so you've got this emotional point with, you know, eighties strings just
1: beep 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 beep
2: i'm just like uh uh-uh, uh not feeling
0: it i've lost <laughs> that love and feeling you lost that love feeling <laughs> um
1: yeah
0: i think i think they even themselves realized it and they're like we can't we don't have anything okay so we're going to use danger zone the one score that we have that's good and some other well-known songs. Yeah. Spare, sparingly on the guitar synth. Now, the moment everybody's been waiting for, the action. I guess we kind of already talked about it.
2: We have already talked about the action. Yeah.
0: I made a category um, for it and we kind of already talked about it, but. We are at miscellaneous
2: though. Yeah. If there's anything you want to bring up, we can talk about that now.
0: Some of that we already talked about too, but one thing is that I couldn't help But think of another Tom Cruise movie when I was watching
1: this. Can you guess what it is? Tropic Thunder. No. Um, (laughs) Minority Report. No.
0: This leads me to believe that you do know the answer to this question. The
2: uh, War of the Worlds remake. No. (laughs) I, I don't know. What was it,
0: John? Days of Thunder. Oh, Days of Thunder. Victory Lane. You've got a guy who's really good at something. He goes to a place to get better. He has a mentor. He has a love interest. Something bad happens while he's in his vehicle. He has to overcome it. And then at the end, he is victorious. It's basically Top Gun with race cars. Top Gun with cars. Yeah, but I personally think Days of Thunder is better. That's just me.
2: Well, we may have to watch it. Oh, we're certainly going to watch that it. for ourselves.
0: We are certainly going to watch it at some point. It is very similar now
2: that you mentioned that. Do you have any uh, yeah, I, gotta, I, I You know, I've got miscellaneous. I got okay. miscellaneous coming out my ears, dangling all over my room. I'm just going to grab one. Here's one right here. The pilot lingo. This is something that was confusing, but that I also respect this movie for doing. There is a lot of pilot lingo in this movie that is never explained to us at whatsoever.
0: Yeah. they Um, assume you can get get it via context. I
2: appreciate that.
0: Uh, I don't know anything
2: about it, and I didn't know what the heck they were saying. But I guarantee you there are Air Force guys and pilots that do and are like, oh, that's cool. It's like a nod to them. It's the nod to people who have that knowledge. And if you don't, it gives you something. If you're really interested, you can go look it up and figure it out for yourself. A a lot of movies handhold. And this one doesn't in that respect. And I I
0: appreciate it for it. So, um, yeah, I I think it's cool that it's in there. I agree. I like a movie that shows rather than tells. And if it sat there and tried to explain well, this is what a MIG is and this is how many G's it can do. And if you turn a barrel roll roll at the wrong angle, you might crash and burn and blah, blah, blah. Like we don't need it. We know, we know everything we need to know um, for this movie. I got one more. Okay, And it's
2: one that uh, we have to talk about because I feel like it's an important part of this movie.
0: I think I have an idea.
2: You know exactly what it is. It's (laughs) the gay subtext
0: in this film. Oh, I have another one then if you're.
2: Okay, So um, in pop culture in particular, this movie is, is known for having a lot of gay overtones in it, um, you know, mostly referencing the, the famous volleyball scene where they're all shirtless or mostly shirtless. I think Goose has a shirt on and the many locker room scenes where they're wearing towels and things like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, did you did you notice any of that or did you pick up on any of that?
1: I did not. Um but I wasn't necessarily looking out for it. Um, yeah. But go ahead. So uh, the writers have been interviewed uh, regarding this topic and,
2: and they've spoke out um, as to their take on, on what happened here. And what they basically said was that when they wrote this film, uh, that subtext was not intentional. They, they didn't put that in there. Uh, it, it's inferred by the viewers. But they also said that they were glad that it was inferred by the viewers, because this film, like, like all films, good or bad, is essentially at its base, a work of art. Mm-hmm. And art is meant to be interpreted different ways by pe- different people who have different experiences in life. And so they were happy to hear that some people were taking it that way and had no issues with it. Um, I personally, I can kind of see it but it's all visual. I don't see a lot of it symbolically. Mm-hmm. Um, I did read an interview where someone was uh, mentioning Quentin Tarantino, who spoke up about this topic in this film. And uh, to paraphrase what he said, he, he said basically the, that Maverick, Iceman, all of the, all of the male pilots uh, essentially represent homosexuality. And they're pulling on Maverick saying, you know, come, come with us, be gay. You know, this is your passion. This is where you belong. And then you've got Charlie uh, McGinnis's character whose heterosexuality saying, hey, come with me, be straight. And uh, in that way, uh, also, I should note that uh, McGinnis's character is named Charlie, which is a gender neutral name. Um, In that way, uh, the movie kind of is symbolic of Maverick's struggle with his own sexuality. That feels like a little bit of a stretch, but I'm going to go out and say it. I'm going to humble myself a little bit here, John. I think Quentin Tarantino knows more about movies than I do. I don't. I don't think so. So I think you're wrong. You know, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I, I think at the end of the day, it really all just depends on your take and what you get out of the film.
0: Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's there, and I feel like we have to mention it. You are a hundred percent correct that a movie is a work of art and interpretation is in the eye of the beholder. And so just like I thought I didn't see the gay overtones and other people do like, that's an interpretation that someone else has that my interpretation is different. Some people will say that the romance relationship between Charlie and Tom Cruise is reprehensible and that, It's outdated and, you know, maybe maybe this movie shouldn't be watched, but I didn't think it was that extreme. So Mm -hmm. I think it's it's a good point to point out that people are going to watch this and take their own baggage into it and see different things. And it's okay if you don't see what I see now, John. Yes,
1: I want some butts. Get me some butts.
0: I have to talk about the sweat because I thought that's what you were going to talk about. (laughs) The sweat. Okay, the sweat. Yeah. It's just a little thing, but Matt kept mentioning it. We actually watched this movie in 3D, by the way, in VR. Um, Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of sweat in this movie. And that's really all.
2: Not quite no holds barred levels of sweat. Right. But. There's a, there's a lot of sweat,
0: especially in the beginning of the film. Every everybody's wet. Everybody is
1: sweating. And it's probably fake sweat. Yeah, they're very moist. Say? Moist in the face.
0: Uh, That's it. That's all I wanted to mention was that there's a lot of sweat in this movie. Yeah. It,
2: it, and there's no it, it's it's kind of odd. Like they'll just be sitting like out in the flight deck getting ready for a class and it's just sweat pouring. I'm just like, man, like they had air conditioners in the eighties and turn
1: it up a little. bit. Yeah. yeah.
2: Y'all are, y'all are working off government budgets. Y'all can, y'all can handle
0: a little AC. All right. Star ratings. Star rating time. Matt, what do you think of this movie and what are you going to rate it? Uh, I think it's
2: clear, you know, I don't want to review too much, but I'll summarize. Um, it's a great action flick. It's a lot of fun to watch. And by 80s action flick standards, it's one of the greats. Uh, That said, it's got a lot of issues. It's got a lot of flaws. um, And I think it tries to do way too much in the time it's got. Uh, I'm going to come in with this one probably at. I'm going to give this a six. Okay. which feels low to me because I really do like this movie, but it's really got a lot of issues, too. So I'm giving it a very fond six but a six nonetheless, a fond six.
0: I'll make sure to mark a six, a six, a (laughs) six with a little heart on it or something. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a good action movie. I think it was very authentically representing of the military and the air force. Um, Tom Cruise does a decent job. He has enough charisma, um, to be a draw for the movie. Um, I think the romance angle started off a little rocky, uh, but I got into it as I as it went on. Anthony Edwards is a great uh, com- comic relief for the movie. Uh, that's a big plus. The score and music are good. Uh, thank God the for good. Kenny Loggins. Um, <laughs> the, the score is not good. Just the theme. Overall, the, the, music are the good. way the music was used <laughs> was good. The score, the score itself, other than the theme, the main theme was not good, but it's a great action movie. So I, I'm going to say five out of 10 because I, it's just not. uh, I am shocked. It's half good and half bad. (laughs) I gave Top Gun a higher rating than you did. (laughs) This is this historic? I mean, yes, because we've never reviewed Top Gun. (laughs) I almost gave this a seven and you're coming in with a five. I I can't believe it, John. And it's a Tom Cruise movie. I don't I don't like everything. I mean, I I like everything he does, but I don't love everything. he does. Apparently not. I don't love everything he does. Apparently you feel meh about some things he does. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, Yeah, it should be a five with a heart above it. There you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I guess what we're really saying is I gave it a seven and John gave it a six, but we don't want to do that. So gotcha. we're saying a six with a heart and a five with the heart. <laughs> we're uh, gonna have fun putting that on the website.
0: Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll add some development time. <laughs> um. All right, Spice Awards.
1: Spice Awards.
0: We got Best Actor. Most underrated performance, best scene, and best line. Best actor, Matt.
1: I went without cowboys. What's your problem, Kazansky You're everyone's problem. That's because every time you go up in the air, you're
0: unsafe. I don't like you because you're dangerous. That's right. Nice, man. I am dangerous.
2: His, his character didn't have a lot of screen time. But every time he was on scene, he was doing a great job. He, he played a really great. Pilot who was convincing, he he flew by the rules, he wasn't easily intimidated. He was a bad guy, but he wasn't a bad guy. I felt like all of his lines were delivered great. I loved his turnaround at the end when he and Maverick reconcile. Uh, when he's in the air, you can hear his arrogance, but you can also hear a little bit of um, just a little hint of insecurity up there in the air. Mm-hmm. And I, I I don't know. I, I thought he was phenomenal in this. And of, of all the people in
0: it, he was the one that grabbed me. All right. Iceman. It is. Iceman. Awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. Val Kilmer great. And usually in pretty much anything he does. I just, uh, I don't know, it was like uh, the movie was going and then randomly Val Kilmer would show up and talk to Maverick for a little bit and then he'd leave. And Mm -hmm. so that wasn't his fault, though. That's true. Not his fault. Uh, I went with Tom Cruise. If I reversed on a hard cross, I
1: could immediately go to guns on him.
0: Yeah, but if it's speed, it's too fast. It's a little bit too aggressive
1: too aggressive. Yeah, I guess when I see something, I go right after it. You didn't tell me who you were the other night.
0: You didn't give me a chance, did you? You deserved it.
1: I know. But, uh, you were tempted to ask me out for dinner.
0: Because he is the charismatic lead. He... Uh, dramatic moments. He does well, as you mentioned. Um, yes. I, I believed his struggle with Goose's death. I believed. Uh, I think <laughs> we have complete different opinions here. That's good.
2: <laughs> it is good, but it surprises. That's why I'm so surprised that I gave it a higher score than
0: you. As usual, he is a draw to go to the movie theater, and this was one of the first where he kind of exploded like he was the big dog um so I gave it to him. He was also believable as a pilot uh, he was seemed like he was very knowledgeable. he practiced his lines for saying the, all those military terms, which I can imagine would be hard to remember. <clears throat> Um, but I picked Tom Cruise, so.
2: Yeah. And I guess this was in a way, one of his first leading roles. I mean, prior to this, his biggest uh, movie was probably risky business and, uh, behind that legend. But other than that, he didn't have a uh, he did outsiders, but yeah. we've already covered outsiders.
1: He was and barely he was kind that.
2: of a small role in that. Yeah. So I, I'll give him that. I mean, this, this movie may have been what really blew him up. I mean, people knew him from Risky Business, and they knew him a little bit from Legend. But this movie, I think, is what really skyrocketed
1: his career. Yeah, for sure. Took it above the flight deck.
0: Uh, But you can see why, I think. I mean, I guess it's a thing where if you like Tom Cruise and you like what he's doing, then you're going to be all in. If you don't necessarily care for Tom Cruise, then you're probably not going to like anything he's ever done because he kind of... He has a little more range than, say, a Kevin Costner, but he kind of does similar things. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Right.
0: Matt's pick was Val Kilmer, Kilmer, who played Iceman. And my pick was Tom Cruise, who played Peter Mitchell, a.k.a. Maverick. Most underrated performance. Meg Ryan playing Carol. Did
1: not they ever embarrass you? Goose, hell no. Well, it was the uh, time- Admiral's daughter. What? (laughs) You told me all about the time you went ballistic with Penny Benjamin. Did he? Well, that's great. He tells me about all of them every day. Uh-huh.
0: How my little angel Goose goes home early for church,
1: and you, you always go home with the hot women. All right. Thank you, Carol.
0: I'm going to go embarrass myself. Uh,
2: Her character was light, friendly, likable. Uh, And an overall joy to watch. Uh, She did a great job, I felt like, both with the happy scenes where she's hanging out with Goose and Maverick, as well as with the sad scenes when she's dealing with the death of her husband. Uh, I felt like she did that much better than Mr. Cruz did. Um, She's great in this movie. Every scene she's in, I'm I'm watching her. And um, yeah, nothing, nothing bad to say about her performance
0: at all here. I went with James Tolkien, who played Stinger.
1: Gentlemen, this is Bullseye. The communication ship SS Layton has become disabled and has wandered into foreign territory. A rescue operation is to begin within the hour. Your mission is to give air support to that rescue.
2: The MiGs in the area, and tensions are high. If you witness a hostile act, you will return fire. Those MiGs carry the Exocet anti-ship missile. They can fire that missile from a hundred miles away, gentlemen. This is the real thing. This is what you've been trained for. You are America's best. Make us proud. And
0: I briefly mentioned him before, but he is—he is, he is uh, the CO or XO or whatever you call them in the military. He's the—he's uh, over Tom Cruise's character at the beginning, and he shows up at the end and he's kind of this hard-nosed cigar smoking, sweating uh military leader and he's really, he's he's a pretty cool, cool character. Um he was in Back to the Future. He played uh Mr. Strickland and uh I love that character in Back to the Future. He kind of has a similar role here. He's not as much of an a-hole, I guess, but sort of um And I I loved every time he was on the screen. So I picked him.
1: Mm.
0: All right. Most underrated performance. Uh, My pick was James Tolkien as Stinger. And Matt's pick was Meg Ryan, who played Carol. Favorite scene. Matt.
2: Uh, You know, I hate doing this because it feels so cliche. And maybe with this movie, it's not. But for me, it's got to be that end sequence. Get out of there, Hollywood. Get out of there, goddammit.
1: Big left. I'm hit. I'm hit. We're coming apart. I can't control it. 0 -0 we're going down. What's been hit? What's been hit? Shit. What's been hit?
2: Voodoo 1, voodoo 1. What's been hit? What's been hit? We've lost Hollywood. Repeat, we've lost Hollywood.
1: Launch Maverick on alert five. Got a on Hollywood and Wolfman. And launch the rescue
2: helicopter immediately. Where Iceman winds up stranded fighting, I think it was six MiGs, and Maverick gets scrambled to go help him, and he's having trouble getting his head in the game, and he does. And they wind up taking them all down and winning, uh, man, that sequence is intense and it's awesome. And I've got to say something. It's a, it's a tribute to Iceman. Like he was up there alone versus six fighters for a long time. Uh, And, you know, I felt bad because when they landed, everybody ran up to Maverick and hugged him. (laughs) I was like, what about Iceman? Dude freaking survived in a dogfight one on six against faster, more maneuverable jets. While Maverick was up there going, talk to me, Goose, talk to me. (laughs) Iceman got screwed there, I think. But it's an action movie and he's the hero. So that's how it goes. Uh, regardless, I loved that scene. Uh, it was tense. It was satisfying. It was well filmed, and I just loved it.
0: There's an alternate version of this movie where Iceman is the the main character, and that would be awesome. That- <laughs> is are you you're joking, right? Yeah, I'm joking.
2: Okay, that <laughs> would be amazing. I would love to see this story told from his point of view.
0: Yeah, I'd love it. I think that'd be awesome. Uh, I went with the opening action sequence
2: up there? Cougar and Merlin and Maverick and Goose. Great. Maverick
1: and Goose. Talk to me, Goose.
2: Roger, I got him. Contact, 20 left at 30 miles, 900 knots closure. Cougar, you hear that? Roger. Merlin, you got him? Roger, I've got radar contact.
1: I'll get a visual ID, Cougar. You hook them, Roger. And I'll clean them and fry them.
0: <laughs> um. So we kind of bookended each other.
2: Not really. That was really
0: good too. When um, it
2: flips upside down
0: and they're just missile locking and kind of Cold War dog fighting. Yeah, I really like that. Um, I can't remember, but I think we haven't seen Tom Cruise's face yet. Um. Until I mean, after- we have but only with the helmet and the correct the helmet and the mask on yeah. yeah so it's an entire dogfight sequence in the air we haven't seen our main characters full face yet um they're enacting uh, a battle Tom Cruise does the upside down mig g force four Gs whatever maneuver uh while goose takes a Polaroid of the other pilot. What do you Um, do out there? Communicating. (laughs) (laughs) Communicating. (laughs) Just giving them the finger. (laughs) It was just such a. Yeah. It was really cool. And that's that's a an important part of this movie actually is the cool factor. And that's Mm -hmm. a lot of reason why many people probably went to see this movie because everyone's acting cool. Um, And that that's that says a lot for entertainment value and and having fun at the movies. So. All right. Favorite scene. Matt's pick was the last dogfight. My pick was the first dogfight. Final category in the Spice Awards. Best line. This is a tough one. There is a lot of good lines in this movie.
2: Mm -hmm. A ton. Um, I wound up just kind of picking one that I really liked, but I, I it's almost too hard to choose an actual best line, in my opinion. So the one that I went with was um, Goose talking to uh, a character named Slider, and uh, Slider I think was Iceman, swing flies, man. Ice Man's wingman. Yes.
0: Cold, no mistakes. Just wears you down. You get bored, frustrated. Do something stupid. And he's got you.
2: Hey, hey, Slider! Thought you wanted to be a pilot, man. What happened? Goose, you're such a dickhead. Whose butt did you kiss to get in here? Huh? Well, the list is long but distinguished. Well, so is my Johnson. And he looks at him and goes, Goose, whose butt did you kiss to get in here anyway? And Goose replies, the list is long, but distinguished. And then Slider replies, yeah, well, so is my Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was great. It was it was a it was funny. It made me laugh. And it really kind of showed the rivalry slash camaraderie between the, the pilots at the school. I just thought it was a really
0: good line. Uh, yeah there's so many there's so many lines that are iconic first off uh, but then on top of that there's just some some really good quotes that aren't necessarily iconic but are are good within the movie Mm -hmm. Um, I went with the
1: writing checks your body can't cash you've been busted you lost your qualifications as section leader three times put in hack twice by me with a history of high-speed passes over five air-controlled towers and one admiral's daughter, Penny Benjamin, and you asshole!
0: Maverick—it's at the beginning of the movie. Maverick is landing the plane. Uh, his other co-pilot is having an issue, and he is freaking out. And he can't—he can't do anything. And so Maverick is about to land the plane. He's on the runway about to be caught by the cable and he uh hits the gas and goes back to help his buddy and when he gets back down stinger who is in charge uh gives him an earful Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he says uh he says maverick you did an incredibly brave thing what you should have done was land your plane you don't own that plane the taxpayers do Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. You've been busted. You lost your qualifications as section leader three times, put in hack twice by me with a history of high speed passes over five air control towers and one admiral's daughter. It is a great line when he's saying your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. That's a a line I remember. Always remember from the movie. Okay, best line. (laughs) Mass pick was so is my Johnson. I'm just going to (laughs) paraphrase. And my pick was uh, your ego is writing checks. Your body can't
1: cash that that whole line. Hey, Matt. Yes, John. Did you know?
0: (laughs) Did you know Anthony Edwards is the only actor who didn't vomit while in the fighter jets?
1: I did not. Now you do. I don't know that I needed to know that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So
2: there was a death in this movie that wasn't goose, a real life death. Uh, A test pilot by the name of Art Scholl was killed. Uh, He was 54. He was flying a plane, uh, which was one of the camera planes. And the plane went into a flat spin, similar to what happens in the movie. Uh, He wasn't able to recover, and he plunged into the ocean. Uh, The exact cause of what happened or what went wrong and caused the spin was never determined, and his body was never recovered. Wow. Um, The movie was dedicated to him in his honor. I don't know. I didn't catch that in the credits, but um, it was probably in the credits at some point.
0: Val Kilmer did not want to be in this film, but he was forced to by contractual obligations. Obviously, it became one of his more iconic roles. Um, So in the in the beginning of the film, when Tom Cruise
2: goes up to Charlie, try to woo her with his uh, famous song. She's seen uh, with an older man at a table talking to this older guy.
1: That older guy was viper. In real life. Uh, he was a uh, Navy pilot.
2: And he was a Top Gun instructor, and he's famous for having shot a Mick down during the Vietnam War. Uh, he had that cameo role, but his main role on the film was as a technical, a technical consultant to make sure that they were saying things that
0: made sense and such. So that tension that you felt between Maverick and Iceman. It's not just good acting. Iceman Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer kept their distance from each other, actually in real life and never socialized. Tom Cruise
2: is, um, a man of great stature when it comes to acting in Hollywood. Uh, he is not, however, a man of great stature when it comes to height. Uh, Tom Cruise comes in at about five foot, seven inches tall. Uh, Mrs. McGinnis, who played Charlie, uh, is five foot ten inches tall. And they did not want her to appear taller than Tom Cruise. And so Tom Cruise wore lifts
0: on his shoes during many of the scenes in which they are sharing. All of Maverick's stunt flying in the film was done by Scott Altman, who later went on to become an actual astronaut. Uh,
2: Meg Ryan and Anthony Edwards had some pretty good on-screen chemistry, I would say.
1: Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's pretty good. I think they agreed also, because after this movie, they started dating and became
0: an item. Wow. wow. Some of these I, I always question, but this film was inspired by an article in the May 1983 issue of California Magazine. About the U.S. Navy's top gun school. So based on a magazine article, this was the highest grossing movie of 1986. Tom Cruise had never ridden a motorcycle until this film. He went to the House of Motorcycles in El Cajon, California, to learn. And if you know about Tom Cruise, you know, he's a big motorcycle rider. Any of the movies he does, I guess after Top Gun, he is actually doing the motorcycle riding and he has a lot of motorcycles in real life.
2: This movie made a bit of a splash
0: in the 1987
2: Academy Awards. It was nominated for four Oscars, of which it won one Oscar. The nominations were for Best Music Original Song, Best Sound, Best Film Editing. And Best Effects Slash Sound Effects Editing. Mm -hmm. Which of those do you think it won? Best Editing? I'll give you a hint. The answer, will take your breath
1: away. (laughs) That's
0: Ah. right, it won for Best Music Original
1: Song. Uh, There is a sequel to Top Gun. Hasn't come out yet, but it's called
0: Top Gun Maverick. And it will be out sometime this year, starring Tom Cruise. So, you know how I mentioned I wish they had kind of cut the,
2: the love scene out, mm-hmm. the, the whole romance arc. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently they showed this film to a test ar- a test audience uh, roughly uh, like five months or so before the movie came out just to see what their opinions were. Mm-hmm. And that audience complained that there was no romance in the film. And so to accommodate that audience's reactions after production had already wrapped. So this was like five months after they were done filming and had edited it and were done. Mm -hmm. They got uh, Kelly McGillis and Tom Cruise to come back and film the relevant scenes for their romance arc. Uh, In that time, uh, McGillis had lost like 16 pounds and had dyed her hair. So one of the, one of the, if you notice the love scenes, the up close love scenes, which are most of what they filmed are tight shots with one exception. And that is the elevator scene, the scene where McGillis has a hat and glasses on. Mm -hmm. And if you notice, I I did notice this, but I didn't say anything about it. She looks different in that scene. And Uh I just attributed it to the hat and the glasses. Well, the reason for that was because she had lost 16 pounds and. Her hair was a different color, so they had it bunched up and tied back behind her with a hat over it so you
0: couldn't tell
1: interesting
2: and originally there that wasn't
0: in the movie Thanks focus group <laughs> uh, on Rotten Tomatoes this movie has a fifty seven percent by critics and an eighty three percent score by audiences of over two hundred and fifty thousand ratings the critics consensus is Though it features some of the most memorable and electrifying aerial footage shot with an expert eye for action, Top Gun offers too little for non-adolescent viewers to chew on when its characters aren't in the air. So I've mentioned previously that Top Gun was the highest grossing film of this year,
2: 1986. There were second and third place were also really big movies. One of them we've done on this podcast before.
1: Crocodile Dundee. Ah, yeah. Number three was Platoon. Another good movie. Military Mm -hmm. movie. Good year for movies. Uh, Let's see. Some of the actors who portrayed
0: F-14 crew members received backseat rides in the F-14, and several of the scenes which appear in the film were filmed with the actors in the air. I'd be remiss if I didn't didn't give one of these facts. The role of Charlie.
2: Was uh, one that had a lot of um, what's the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of variety in choices of who they wanted to play uh, that character. It was offered to Tatum O'Neill. It was offered to Jodie Foster. It was offered to Daryl Hannah. It was offered to Sarah, Jessica Parker, Diane Lane, and also Linda Hamilton. All of them turned that role down. They also wanted uh, Carrie Fisher, but I don't think she was actually um, auditioned and was considered So, a long list of very famous actresses for that role. And a lot of people said no, which had to be
1: frustrating for the producers.
0: Tony Scott, who directed this film. uh, He has directed other films such as Beverly Hills Cop 2. Days of Thunder. Uh, Last Boy Scout, Crimson Tide, Enemy of the State, Spy Game, Man on Fire, Deja Vu, and a number of other films, but a lot of really well-known movies.
1: Before this movie uh, had a
0: director,
2: there were several other directors chosen. Uh, Two, in particular, that I feel like might have made this movie a little bit different than it was made are. John Carpenter, which would have made for an interesting film, I think.
1: And are you ready for this one? Okay, David Cronenberg. Oh my God! They both turned it
2: down. They offered the director job, the director's job to both of them, and they both said no. (laughs) Can you imagine if David Cronenberg had made Top Gun? Uh,
0: It would have been really morbid and and weird.
2: Probably a little different feel to it than what we got.
0: All right. That'll be our episode for tonight. You can join us in two weeks when we will review the 1974 action thriller Towering Inferno.
2: I'm excited for
0: that one, John. Yeah. Starring Mr. Steve McQueen. (laughs) We would love it if you'd subscribe to the Cinema Men podcast and leave us a review. Head on over to cinemamenpodcast.com to check out new and old episodes. We always love to hear from listeners. So if you have a suggestion or just want to give us your take on a movie, email us at feedback at com or check us out on Twitter at twitter.com slash cinemamenpod. Thanks for listening.